Oh God. You dirty little liar. I'm sorry, I can explain. Oh, explain how you forgot to invite us to your party? Janice, I cannot stop this car, I have a curfew. You know I couldn't invite you, I had to pretend to be plastic. <laughs> Buddy, you're not pretending anymore, you're plastic. Cold, shiny, hard plastic. stop that time hopefully it keeps going anyway we're going again so <laughs> just a little blip in the system so yeah. let's try that again let's welcome to it. growing up punk the podcast about punk rock and all of its friends i'm david and this is my friend i am aaron you didn't forget your name since the last time you said it so that's a that's a bonus hey go follow us on social media at growing punk pod you'll find all of our stuff there and hit us up on our website growing punk pod Dot com. It's been a while, man. It's been a few weeks since we uh, sat down and recorded. We were joking yeah. back and forth, texting that this is uh, we should just title this episode the most rescheduled podcast in history <laughs> because we bumped it a number of times. <laughs> yeah, that was just random, random things, and that's just life. So it's it is it's and, all good. And it's finally even, here. I was to say, we even bumped it one last time because uh, I went and got my flu shot yesterday and you were you were like, hey, can we do it a different day? And I was like, well, uh, you wanted to do it in the afternoon. I'm like, my kids are home because they're off school for the next few days. It might be crazy loud, whatever. Um, but here we are trying it anyway because I got my flu shot and I was like, you know, I'm feeling a little tired. I could probably go to bed relatively early. Uh, so here we are. It's the middle of the afternoon. This is, it's not a first but it's a first in a really long time for you and I because yeah. the first time we actually recorded, uh, at oh, least the yeah. first time, maybe yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. a couple episodes we did was in the afternoon because you were visiting me here, and so we just did it at my work. Well, I even th- well even the very first the one where I came on to do the Alkaline Trio um, album review, I feel like that one was during the day too. Like I took a few hours off maybe. of work, and that was I think the the official first time that I was on even before in person. Was it? I think so. I'm trying to think. I feel maybe. I mean, we're we're looking way back to like before the show was growing up punk. Like it was. Yeah. We're talking about back when it was music to my peers. The original iteration of this podcast. And maybe I I feel like I thought the first episode we did together was in person. But I but maybe not. Maybe you're right. Maybe it was. It was. So was it the? Uh, is this thing cursed? Yeah. Is that what we talked about? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's it's possible that that was. Um, done before because then we did one on newfound glory and anyway whatever this is going going way back uh i'm i'm currently getting distracted because before recording this i was watching a police chase and so now i'm getting like text messages about it because i send it out um oh he must have the the police chase i was watching must have must have concluded i just got a text message that said the tackle love it oh nice (laughs) so if you're looking for a good way an entertaining way to waste time just sign up on Twitter for different uh, police chase tw- uh, Twitter accounts and then just turn your notifications on. It's a good time. Man, that must be <laughs> like that person that's getting chased. That must just be the ultimate like just burn. It's like, man, I'm on national TV getting right. tackled. <laughs> the chase was fun, yeah. but now what's what's going to happen to me? 
Yeah. Well, it's funny because they're all typically, I haven't seen a chase yet that's not in like LA County sort of thing. They're all yeah. in that sort of area. Um, I think chases happen elsewhere, but they don't get televised. So, but in, in LA County, they're like, get this on the TV now. <laughs> well, if there was a chase here, it would just be like down the highway for like six hours. And it's so straight. Yeah, yeah. It's like, man, there's nothing to, there's no like, you know, jumping over the meridian and all that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, we're now no, going through the field. We've been going through the field for six kilometers now. <laughs> yeah, the the, uh, the runner has, has left Regina, and it's another couple of hours before they hit any other sort of center, so we'll uh, we'll get back to you in a little bit. Turns out uh, it's just a yeah. farm dog that got in the car and has been sitting on the gas pedal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but the, the roads are straight enough, and the vehicle's alignment was, was on point yeah. enough that it just went straight down the highway. <laughs> Uh, Shoots the dog on national TV. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Let's get into uh, talking about some new music before we get into our episode. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, Yeah, it's been been a few weeks, so there's been a number of things that have come out, but uh, what's something you want to talk about? Yeah, I think I had mentioned this maybe even a few times with uh, new songs, but I'll stick with the album now that it came out, and that was Let Me Roar by Northcote. I used to drive all the way. To your side on the dark road. How can I ever explain if you don't know by now? Why wait a million years or more? Drive away and never come home. You cut me loose and
So I wait a million years or more Drive away and never come home Cut me loose and then you let me roar There was a time when you had my back Now I'm like the dust on the dash You cut me loose and then you haven't heard of North Coat and you need some nice tunes to to keep your soul warm uh, this winter, yeah. then it's a it's a good pick. I always like when I always like also or slash. It very rarely happens for me at least where an album kind of lines up perfectly with the weather. You know, like some would yeah. say, you know, pop punk is best in the summer, which it definitely can be. But I enjoy it, you know, also in the winter when it's drear, dreary as well. But I feel like this album for sure just kind of hit at the right time. I think when I first mentioned it, you know, it was a super cold bike ride to work and it was just mm-hmm. good time for that. And, you know, ever since, the more I listen to it and as it gets colder, it almost just kind of settles in all the more. So that's that's cool. Well, it's interesting that you uh, put it that way because I'm just on our website right now, growingpunkpod.com, because I wrote something. Oh, this is what I wrote about it. And you kind of you kind of touched on it. I said Matt Good might have one of the most soothing voices in all of music, which is always confusing as a Canadian to talk about Matt Good and right. not talk about you know. This is the more for me for my money the more enjoyable of the two Matt Goods. Um, with each release, you can find comfort in what he's singing about the characters and the stories he tells. Let me roar is no different. It also serves as a great record to accompany the upcoming colder months, which I thought you know you touched on nicely there. That yeah, it feels very much like uh, it's a a fall sort of record, winter sort of record. Where'd you go, man? Sorry. Oh man, <laughs> I, I, still here. Well, keep I, I was going. hoping when it came, I was hoping when you came <laughs> back on that your shirt was going to be off. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> this is the change number one. Pop. No, um, but yeah. So it is very much. I, I love records like that too, where you can uh, you put it on and it, it fits a season so well. There's a few that are like that. Um, for me anyways, that it, it, if I'm going to listen to it nine times out of 10, it's going to be in a specific season. And I think North coat, this is the first North coat record I've really gotten into since the self-titled one I listened to cause he's got two full lengths, right? Uh, well, he's got more than that. I think, Under or, North coat, I or th- maybe there, maybe feel- some are more EPs or I've kind of yeah, lost track at this point. <laughs> what good are you? But I have to look it up. I feel like he's only... If he's got more than the two full lengths, then I'm unaware. Um, I feel like this has like got to ha- be more than the, the third full length. Well, I mean, this this is an EP, though, so... Oh, um, yeah, I guess, because it's... What is it, eight? Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, he he does, though. He's got... That's right. I didn't get into North Coat until the third full length, though. So, oh, okay. Because, um, yeah, there's Borrowed Chords, Tired Eyes, which I do remember listening to, Gather No Dust, which I remember a little bit, and then North Coat, the self-titled, that's like the multicolored kind of cover that's the one that i absolutely fell okay. in love with and then he had uh, hope is made of steel which actually i remember that now i didn't and maybe it's because i didn't listen to that record as much because when i saw north coat the couple times that i've seen him 
he was touring that self-titled record. Oh, okay. Um, and so I was way more into that. And then Hope Is Made of Steel came out. But but so like Let Me Roar, I've probably listened to more times now than I've listened to Hope Is Made of Steel in total. Now, here's a question for you. This is something I, I, I have been like thinking a lot about lately is what constitutes an EP versus an LP? Because according to Apple Music, Let Me Roar is a full length. Yeah, and I yeah, I don't remember hearing anything about it being an EP. So I don't know if it's like reason, time-wise or what. Yeah, cuz the only reason I bring that up is it's only 8 tracks. And so I'm like that's it's like this middle ground where I'm like okay, but what is it? It's 8 tracks and about 30 minutes long. And 30 minutes for me is kind of like that like threshold of going okay, is this an EP or a full length? Because technically, this is the funny thing. Okay, so let me roar. And now this is basing everything off of Apple Music, which that's not the be all end all by any means. But let me roar. They can by by North Coat, They consider a full length. Now, if I go over here, uh, keeping it kind of a secret for a second here, and we look that up, and then we go down here, and I scroll down, and maybe they do consider it a full length on here too. Oh yeah, they do. I was gonna say I thought some forty one's half hour of power they had listed as an EP. Um, if you look it up online, it's listed as an EP, even though it's 11 songs in oh, 26 weird. minutes. Yeah, but it, it comes in under 30 minutes. So I'm like, is that sort of the threshold here of what constitutes an EP? Is It's got to be 30 minutes or more. I don't know. Anyway, this is all kind of pointless, pointless stuff. However, not entirely pointless because one of the records I did want to talk about, I, I consider a full length, even though it's 20 minutes long. Uh, and so that's the, I guess, the debut record, the debut full-length EP, even a single, if you wanted to look at it that way, from the band <laughs> yeah. American Fail. This record, and I know I shared this with you, and I think I think I attached to it a lot quicker than you did because it is all over the place. But I was about four or five songs in before I realized that I was four or five songs in. Right. I was like, man, this first song has a lot of twists and turns going on here. Turns out it's just a bunch of short songs. It's 22 songs in 20 minutes. <laughs> so it's like they, they, like they blow through those songs so quick. But it begs the question, it's 22 songs, but at 20 minutes, is it a full length or is it an EP? Yeah. <laughs> well, like, Time-wise. I feel like a lot of it probably has to do now just with streaming um, and singles, you know, so a set of, you know, eight songs is probably considered a full length now. Um, right. And I think just a lot of major releases just maybe aren't EPs anymore. Like, I don't know if that's more of a, like, underground music scene thing. Like, I never hear of... Uh, Katy Perry EP or whatever. So maybe it's just, yeah, the time and length and just the kind of state of music now. If it's a certain yeah. gathering of songs that it's considered a full length. 
Well, and the interesting thing for me is that one of the things that American Fail really reminds me of is the decline by no effects. Now, that's one song in 18 minutes. I just feel like American Fail, it's one 22-minute long song that they just broke up into 20 tracks so that you could be like, oh, I want to listen to this part. Which is kind of smart, if you ask me, instead of having to listen through, you know, if you're like, oh, I really like this specific part of the decline, but it's like 12 minutes in, so I've just got to either listen to that or try and find right. it. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, American Fail's like, oh, we'll just break it up for you. But anyway, if you haven't listened to uh, the self-titled album from American Fail, it's definitely worth... Um, it's definitely worth a listen to. It was released on the day of the American election, uh, and I don't think that was by mistake by any means. There were a couple records that came out that day, which is kind of like like a throwback in a sense, because it was a Tuesday when music used to come out right. it was on Tuesdays, and then it got moved to Fridays. So it's kind of a throwback in that sense, where it's like, oh, we're going to release new music on, on a Tuesday. But all of the albums that I listened to that came out that day were very much political albums, and they mm. were out for a reason, So yeah. uh, which is... Which is kind of kind of cool, kind of neat that some bands were doing that. But I'm almost surprised there wasn't more that came out that day, especially with yeah. with the type of election that it was. You right, know, I, right. I almost expected, you know, like a rise against, or you know, I know right. the Anti Flag recently re, re, or re, released a deluxe yeah, they, version of the last one, so yeah. maybe that was kind of their idea. But yeah, I think probably one of the songs that jumped out to me that was released on that. I think it was released on that day. Now I want to double check. I I heard it that day. It was sent to me. Um, so I do want to double check. Uh, hold on. If I could type. Good thing. Uh, the band's called Doc Hammer. Anyways, oh, yeah. Which, was, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, which, um, of course, when you search up Doc Hammer, MC Hammer comes up. Uh, are you it's a side project. Yeah, MC's little go. son. <laughs> uh, where are we? What is it? Apple Music recently updated, and I, I hate it. Um, I think this is what the song is called. Because now I just want to find it to see. There we go. Uh, so it came out. Oh, no, dang. This came out August 1st. <laughs> but it, oh. was, <laughs> it was sent to me. It's a very fitting song because the song is called Terrorizer. <laughs>
and uh, it's very, very uh, political in its in its core. So, yeah. Uh, but they're such. I mean, I remember they they like contacted us on Instagram, and they're like, "Hey, would you check out our single? I saw that you were tweeting or like posting about like punk and hardcore punk and stuff. I think you'll like our song." So I clicked on it, checked it out, and I was like, "I was I was messaging the band as I was listening to the song because I was like, this is actually." really freaking good um it's it's just like raw hardcore punk to me like i don't even know how to describe it but um it's it's fantastic and yeah it has a mission that's what i'll say yeah as a band they have a mission but let's get into uh speaking of bands with missions let's get into talking about what we're going to talk about that we've been putting off for weeks and weeks it's really because we just wanted to see the results of the American election before we talked about this, right? Yeah. That's, that's what it was. Oh, yeah. Yeah, let's get in. We're going to talk about Strike. Yeah, <laughs> Nat. <laughs> We're going to talk about Strike Anywhere. Um, so for me, I'll just I'll just jump in real quick. Because I, I brought up this band to cover. I was like, let's do an episode about Strike Anywhere. And it 100% came from my interview with Brian McTernan, who, of course, is the producer on both of these records. Because... That was the first time I really can remember listening to Strike Anywhere, was kind of getting ready for that interview. Um, I've been aware of the band forever, but hadn't really listened to them to my knowledge. Well, no, that's not true, because they released an EP earlier this year that I remember listening to. So that was really the first time I listened to them with any sort of focus, I guess you could say, but... um, but yeah, the the Brian McTernan interview is kind of what turned me on to these two records. Uh, he produced both of them, so um, yeah, I thought I thought we would we would do an episode on them. But why don't you uh, share your kind of introduction to the band? Yeah, well, just to touch on Brian's interview, you know, it's always a a cool thing when a producer says, you know, this is one of my favorite bands in general, but also favorite bands to work with. So it's always, you know, like, okay, I got to check out this band because if the, you know, you don't hear that a whole lot. Maybe it's just because producers don't, you know, do interviews or whatever as much, but it's just cool hearing that like, hey, this is one of his favorite bands he loves working with. And so there must be, must be something to it, especially a guy like Brian that mm-hmm. has such a, a history with this type of music. So, um, yeah, I was first introduced to Strike Anywhere um by my well, my good friend Jess from Dauphin who I've talked about a bunch of times so he had discovered them on mp3.com this is probably I don't know maybe 2000 2001 maybe and uh so you know he he would download kind of anything he could find then to which of course he would share with me and I loved everything I had heard um from them you know then and all the way up until now and what's really cool um, is that Jess now lives in Toronto, and he's uh, he's a photographer there. And for years, he's done um, well. He he's taken photos of lots of huge artists and stuff, but also a lot of punk and hardcore stuff, like Strike Anywhere. Um, and so he actually did some pictures for them. Um, so yeah, it's just cool that you know we kind of discovered them at the same time, me and him, and then you know. 15 years later or whatever it is he's taking pictures of them and yeah. kind of has that relationship with them so yeah that's really cool I, I do feel sad still that I never did get to see them live uh, they were never a band that I even remember hearing coming through our parts of Canada like I don't even know if I ever heard of Strike Anywhere doing a Canadian tour I'm, I'm sure they did you know kind of in their prime yeah, I don't but, know I've I say I, I don't remember hearing about them coming but I also wasn't really following them right so yeah, well, they've been around for a long time, so I'm I'm sure they came yeah. somewhere around here. But um, 
Yeah, so I've got a, kind of a bunch of other notes here on them. Um, their lyrics touch on issues such as police brutality, anti-capitalism, women's rights, animal rights, and globalization. According to the liner notes for their album Changes Sound, they support the vegetarian lifestyle, the living wage movement, and the fight against corporate globalization. And what's cool about them is they touch on these topics without feeling over the top. You know, I'm not a super political guy or really even necessarily connect really deeply with political punk but for some reason none of you know the above mentioned distracts or annoys me as i listen you know it's a yeah. um you know it's enough that they get their point across and stand firm on their convictions but they don't make you feel you know stupid for not believing the same thing they do if that makes sense you know it's not super abrasive um yeah yeah and over the course of their career, they've released albums on Jade Tree, Fat Records, Bridge Nine, and most recently, Pure Noise. So that's also a pretty vast kind of collection of labels to be on. Um, yeah, it's to me, it's some of the catchiest kind of hardcore punk that's not, you know, pop punk with choruses. They just know how to write awesome songs with the guitars and vocals blend really well together. I also absolutely love the guitar playing. They compose chord progressions. Uh, that are busier than kind of typical punk, but not so much that it's distracting. To me, it's kind of uniquely them. And I always think that when I put that on, I'm always kind of taken back by, you know, just kind of how much the guitar moves around, but it adds to the song. It's not, you know, to be like technical punk or anything like that. So, Yeah, yeah. No, that's fair. So let's get into uh, that first record of theirs, Change Is A Sound. Changes of Sound is the debut album by Strike Anywhere, released in 2001, so that's kind of crazy. It's almost 20 years old. The album's lyrics ex- explore themes such as women's rights, like I mentioned, police brutality. Uh, the song Refusal was also featured on the soundtrack to the skateboarding video game Tony Hawk's Underground, and as you mentioned, was produced by Brian McTurnan. Yeah, it's. I mean, my kind of initial 
takeaway from the record from the band really is and you mentioned this just like a melodic hardcore band with with a message and you, and you can't argue with it because as you as you kind of said they don't really um you know it's not like they're beating you over the head with it or like you said making you feel uh stupid or whatever or less of a person for if you happen to disagree or aren't as passionate maybe about the things yeah. that they're singing about but um the opening track, You're Fired, is kind of an interesting start because it kind of lurches with sort of like weird syncopation on the verses. Or I, I, don't, I don't know if weird syncopation is the right way to put it, but it's sort of just like, it's like, it reminds me of a farm tractor sort of starting up, right? Like where it's just like <laughs> kind of getting yeah, going before opening up in the chorus. And um, then there's a long silent pause, which I had to double check to make sure it wasn't actually going from one song to the next. Uh, before going into the breakdown and uh, it kind of gives you a bit of everything i think in that first track um which is you know kind of a nice way to to kick off the record i like records that do that where you sort of get a taste for everything that's coming your way i also like records that open with like songs that wouldn't fit anywhere else on the record except as an opener right um i'm thinking about brain pain by four years strong right now and how insane that opener is but uh but yeah let's unless you had more kind of general notes on the record we can get into some of these songs no that's that's all i got that's plenty so let's go into uh, the first track we're going to talk about sunset on 32nd street when they broke down the door with the cards in the face of your wife and child and as they pick you to the floor did you say officer i'm not resisting you american justice Just American dream. Is this one? The other half is 
Real quickly, no one would blame you if you thought this song was written this year. Um, yeah. <laughs> because it's it's a look at police brutality, which has obviously been you know front and center this year with everything going on in not even just in the states, but in the world because i mean we had there were protests that were happening all over the world in regards to police brutality specifically you know uh police brutality born out of or born into systemic racism that go that goes on really kind of everywhere but obviously the epicenter of all of that was down in the states um it's kind of frustrating that this song is still just as relevant today as it was the day it was released almost 20 years ago yeah Uh, but at the same point I can think about songs by, like, speaking of police, police brutality and racism kind of coming together, like looking at the song Killing in the Name by Rage Against the Machine, which was released far more than 20 years ago, is still just as relevant today as it was when it was released. Um, but yeah, I like how it explodes out of a cannon for the first kind of like three quarters of the song, but breaks down for the verse to a clean guitar, vocal soaked in effects and the drums before getting back kind of up to speed or whatever. Uh, my only real drawback or complaint about this song is it kind of gets a little long and repetitive towards the end. Like when it feels like it should be over, they come back on that chorus again, mm-hmm. which I'm like, ah, I don't know if it's necessary. But what are your thoughts on Sunset on 32nd Street? Yeah, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. the start of this song, just immediately gets me excited. It takes me right back to when I first heard it, and I always love when songs do that. You know, I love when everything cuts out and Thomas just yells, at, I'm not resisting you. And then everything yeah. just comes in super fast. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the song musically is pretty straightforward, um, but you know, for me, it doesn't, doesn't get boring or tiring. Yeah, like you said, the bridge slows down enough to kind of give the song some dynamic and then goes back into that um, opening lyric with the same part. You know, I find with Strike Anywhere, and you know, this isn't any surprise from what we just said, that, that so much of what they have to offer is in the form of lyrics and the passion and how they deliver those lyrics. And that's Ooh. not to take away from the music because I, I love the music and, you know, that's kind of the driving force, but, you know... I can often, with a band like this, I can sometimes struggle to kind of discern, you know, maybe not this one particular, but in general, kind of discern kind of what they're talking about or kind of how to engage with it. And so it's just a part of, like, for me, is like, okay, I'm just going to kind of take it in. You know, if it sounds good, then great. I don't need to, like, dive super deep into it. But, um, yeah, there's there's a lot, lot to take from this song. And, you know, it just talks about that battle, that opposition between the government, police, and the rest of society, and the injustice that happens, and that cry for change. You know, it's it's interesting because you bring up um, just kind of deciding, okay, do I like this song or not, regardless of the politics behind the song? And it's just funny because over the past, you know, number of weeks for sure, uh, just watching on social media as bands would post about voting and some bands like in particular when i was watching uh, the wonder years their live stream that they did uh back right before halloween dan campbell said i'm not just going to encourage you to vote like yes you should go vote but i'm going to tell you to vote for joe biden because of this and then lays it out right and i find it interesting when you see some people react to that that are just like bah keep your politics out of music now the one thing is, like, the Wonder Years aren't a super political band. Like, they'll yeah. touch on things in their songs, but they're not writing songs that are specific about politics or social, you know, justice or different things that are going on. Um, sure, they'll touch on it. But I always just kind of, like, have this strange look and response when people tell, you know, bands or musicians to, like, keep their politics out of the music, especially, like, when those bands are punk rock and or blatantly political anyway (laughs) right like 
Wait, like, why would you tell a band? Like, when you think about a lot of, you know, kind of political movements that have happened over the past, let's say, 60 years, uh, a lot of it has had to do with music or has been, you know, like, there's been a soundtrack to it provided by artists and bands and stuff. So it's, that's just often been a part of music is politics. And so um, I just think it's funny when, when people are just like, oh, shut up about that. I don't want to hear that. I want to hear your music. Or like specifically when they'll go on to social media, like an artist will go on to social media and they'll talk about something political. And then, you know, someone will comment to be like, just stick to the music. And I'm like, you, you do know, like you're telling Russ Rankin of Good Riddance to stick to the music when his band is purely a, you know, a right. band that is very much fueled by political and social justice. Why would you, you know, like just as an example where I've seen it, why would why would that be a thing that you would think, oh, I got to tell this guy, I got to put him in his place when that's literally what he does? Well, <laughs> right? and w- what so many people don't understand is so many musicians want to be musicians because they have something to say, right? I've, yeah. I've heard it before 100%. that if I don't have anything to say, I'm not going to write a song about it. I think there was... Uh, um, Steve Kravak, who mentioned that, when he's like, I write the lyrics first because if I don't have anything to say, I'm not going to write yeah. a song. You know, and you can say yeah, that he- about anything, like keep, you know, religion out of it or politics. It's like, well, that's why they're playing yeah. music is because they yeah. want to share that or, you know. Yeah. Specifically, Steve talked about, because you asked, you know, where those songs came from and for his, his album that he's got out now. Uh, and he talked about having a muse first, right? Like having something that's inspiring you right. to write. And so that's where, yeah. And 100%, I think that's like when I write music, uh, not, not to compare myself with any of these kind of artists or anything like that who do that, who do it, you know, a thousand times better than I do. But if I ever have a feeling to get a song out, it's because I've got something that I want to sing about, right? You know, whether that's um, dealing with, you know, some kind of tragedy or death in the family or whatever, or, you know, for myself, like, uh, children going through sickness, or if it's something happening in the world, like there are things that 100% inspire you to write. And I just find if I'm just trying to write, like, if I have a piece of music that comes to mind, and I get that piece of music out, but I don't have a reason for it, it just kind of gets lost to the, <laughs> you know, to, to time sort of thing, yeah. right? Like, well, that was a neat little riff or whatever that I wrote, but it, it'll it likely never get used for anything because it's, I don't have an inspiration for it outside of a melody that's in my brain. And that's how I work. And so I can understand how, you know, artists work based on that for sure. Like just going, I need a muse or I need some kind of inspiration to drive those lyrics and those ideas. Um, yeah. Yeah. So... Want to move on to the next one? Yeah. Since we went down a major rabbit trail there. Yeah, next uh, let's talk about is... yeah, yeah, Riot of Words. This is the moment where we choose to stand up right at the rest. The course of our visions, the spirit in the flesh. Should we spin a slot to bring a poor man's back again? Yeah, I'm broken. Studies cool mask upon the meaningless face. The arrogant false prophets of the human race. Rising to the surface, hear the waters make the sound. Yeah, I'm Organic insurrection, because in my mind, the hot drop was falling, faith and courage, fire in our hearts, rising to the surface, and the waters make the sound. Get up, put up, broken. 
yeah, this is a yeah another another great one. I love the middle of the the road pace of this song. You know, a lot of strike anywhere kind of has that you know just that straight straight fast beat to it, and so I do like when they when they break that up a bit, but it still maintains you know the energy and the and the melody to it. My favorite part of this song is the end where he kind of sings and essentially sums up the message of the whole song by saying, "Are you dead eyed from the sight of no future and broken handed from working for a promise betrayed? We can disarm." I just mm. I just love the way that song ends. It's so energetic and urgent and brings the whole song together in that. And you know, again, not not I don't necessarily like connect with that specifically, but I don't know, the song just kind of gets me and it's like, man, yeah, like you know, I can relate and you know, maybe not some of the same ways as people, but you know, I'm still yeah. wanting to, you know, like pursue things and not get kind of sucked into a system or just do something because, you know, someone's saying it or whatever. Yeah. I did, one of my notes was I love how the song really opens up for the outro where they're singing Disarm and then the woes that are going on yeah, in the background so sort of thing. Yeah, uh, This song, as a, as a song, drives me crazy. Um, and this is not in a bad way, but the chorus reminds me so much of another song and I cannot, like, it's one of those situations where I'm like, I know this melody from somewhere. Now, this could be one of two things. It could be that I know the melody from somewhere and I just can't, like get any of the lyrics into my head to be able to like pinpoint where that melody is coming from or i've heard this song somewhere along the lines right like i've heard it uh on on a on a compilation or somewhere and so that that melody is stuck with me but listening to it in preparation for this you keep disappearing man sorry like the low <laughs> battery thing came on so i was seeing why the charger wasn't uh, yeah is it sorry. charging now I think so. Yeah, this charger's kind <laughs> of busted. Sorry. Hopefully, don't die on me. But um, the melody of this song in the chorus specifically reminds me of something. Whether it is this song, and I just I heard it at some point and never was able to pinpoint or go back to it, um, or you know, it reminds me of another song that I can't put my finger on. It also reminds me. It's very reminiscent of Rise Against, and one. This is one thing that I find interesting about this band because. For me, at this time, because when did this record come out? 2001. Yeah, so for sure, at this time, I was listening to a ton of Rise Against. Uh, I got really heavy into their first record, The Unraveling. And, uh, and so there are parts on this that remind me of The Unraveling. And whether it's, you know, like the overall sound of production or, I mean, they're obviously similar bands and style. And The Unraveling came out in 2001 as well. I want to double check that. Oh, okay. So, like, yeah, so I don't know if that's, yeah, I don't know if that's how I missed out on Strike Anywhere. You'd almost think that maybe that's a reason to also be into Strike Anywhere. But I was just 100%, you know, into Good Riddance and, uh, and Rise Against. And, I, I mean, I guess I was getting my kind of more melodic hardcore punk already. The quota was filled type thing. And I remember seeing Strike Anywhere all over the place. You're going to die on us today. Uh, sorry, <laughs> what? It says it's charging. What the crap is going on with this phone? <laughs> well, hopefully uh. you don't die on us. So, it reminds me of Rise Against. It's not the last time this will happen or come up over the course of this episode. Uh, Video-wise on YouTube, if you're watching this, you're just going to see a whole lot of me because Aaron just keeps disappearing. Uh, so, while you figure that out, why don't we move into the next song, which is My Design. <laughs> Yeah. 
might be my favorite song on the album which is fairly rare for a final song i I love the opening guitar riff on this and the the progression throughout the verses with the harmonics in there it's just a really cool progression uh it's got a great chorus too if if you can kind of call that it's a bit different Um, they definitely don't do you know your traditional punk choruses which i think is one thing that kind of stands out um, about them after the chorus the song comes to this great halt where the guitar and drums are just kind of ringing out and hitting these notes. And before it goes into this awesome bridge, that's just super passionate. You know, it ends, ends by building up this song again to full capacity with Thomas yelling when it falls. And I just, I love that part so much. It just feels like this huge release after he's tackled, you know, the, the lyrics of this song and the rest of this album. It's just such a great, great way to end it. I thought, yeah, it's, uh, uh, my first note that I have on this is that it really reminds me of Rise Against again. <laughs> um, but I, I think it's just kind of that sound. But as far as this song in particular, I the bridge, I love how I, I wrote it down as menacing the bridge sounds. Like it's just, it's coming to get you sort of thing as it builds towards, you know, the outro of the song. And the great, you know, the outro to the song is fantastic. It's heavy, it's melodic, and as you mentioned, you know, it kind of provides a great way to sort of wrap up the record. Um, it is, I don't know, it's, it, it, it concludes, it concludes a journey. I think you could say over the course of this yeah. record that, um, that they kind of take you on, and it's, and it's a very fitting way to do so. So why don't we? Uh, you know, so that your phone doesn't die on us. Why don't we jump into <laughs> into the next uh, song or next song, next album? Unless did you have something to say to no, wrap this album? No, I was going to say my my I wrapped my cord differently, so hopefully it's actually charging. <laughs> no more dying. All right, so let's talk about the album Exit English. Back our days So when we 
uh, his second album from Strike Anywhere, released in 2003. Also produced by Brian McTurnan. This album sees the band blending more melody into their sound while maintaining the energy, aggression, and purpose that you would expect from Strike Anywhere. Yeah, I love that they, on this record, introduced kind of some more melody. I feel maybe maybe it's just me kind of looking for it, but it helps complete the sound. Um, I think the opener we amplify really sets up the start of the record with its mid-tempo build leading right into the song Blaze, uh, which is also... I don't know what I think about that when when bands like kind of like split an opener up a little bit. I'm like, I just want that to be one song, but it's it's two different songs, but they build into each other really right. well. And and again, much like with uh, with changes of sound, they kind of really jumpstart the record uh, in a great way. So let's jump into uh, the first song we're going to talk about, which would be Infrared. <laughs> Oh, 
so inf- infared or in no see the- it's in it's infrared, and this infrared. is what drives me crazy. On streaming services, it's actually titled infared, which is a typo. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, it's the the song is called, as far as I know, I, I looked this up. It's called infrared. I n f r a r e d, um, not infared. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but that well. does that does bug me. <laughs> what but, what. I was going to say, one other oh, random ahead. note about this is there's a poster for this album can be seen in the film Mean Girls, so perfect for uh, the political rager that Mean Girls was. <laughs> say this again. <laughs> there was a poster for this album can be seen in the background of the movie Mean Girls, like oh, in funny. one of the rooms or something. <laughs> so I just had to include that because I was like, what a funny band for their whatever yeah. production person to be like, let's put a Strike Anywhere poster in this teenage girl's room. Right. So just to confirm, I looked at, I looked the album up on Strike Anywhere's Bandcamp and the correct title is Infrared. Okay. Much, there we go. Much you know, much like with uh with well when we were talking to Roger of No Motive, how there's like just like mistitled songs on streaming services. I'm like, ah, I wish someone would actually go about and fix those things, right? Like on like that's one thing with no motive. They're legit just song titles mixed up between songs, whereas this is just a typo that I'm like, Can you please you please fix that yeah anyway here we are um i do i love the opening guitar riff of this song and the chorus of the song reminds me a fair bit of actually hot water music but on speed is is what my note was like because hot water music as much as i love them they're never really like a fast band right like um they're a nice like change of tempo sort of thing whereas this is faster than anything i can remember hot water music doing but it reminds me has that has that feel yeah um and the vocals on this song are just so good yeah yeah, yeah. So what were you, what, yeah, what were your thoughts on Infrared and Fared? Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I also love uh, that guitar riff, super catchy and melodic. Um, I, I just, I love how how they blend melody into this, well, into their music. Like, you wouldn't really think of them necessarily as, you know, a melodic type of band, but, uh, you know, they have just enough kind of harmonies, you know, in the singing and melody kind of in the vocal lines and guitar that, I don't know, it just makes... It just makes this band stand out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, it um, helps open up their sound for sure. Just when they kind of introduce those melodic bits. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's yeah. just enough that when it happens, it's like oh, okay, like this this song stands out because of this line. Like it's not all the time, you know. They're not constantly harmonizing, or like we said, they don't have a bunch of poppy choruses or whatever. But I don't know. It just seems like they know when to add it where it adds to the song instead of just doing it, you know, to be more mainstream or popular or whatever. Right. I'd agree. I'd agree. 100%. So let's move on then to the next song, which is To the World. Look how the ruts cling to my footsteps. The fatal invisible tool by which we defy. We fight for our approval and fear our removal from the safety of fool. From the tidal forces of our positions. Not one, not one to take for granted.
Standout part of this song is the repeated chorus. Um, so they do sometimes kind of have those choruses, you know, where it's that I pledge allegiance to the world, nothing yeah. more, nothing less than my humanity, and kind of goes. And I just that part, I'm, like I can remember listening to that too. And when I first heard it, I probably had no idea what that even meant. I just liked the kind of the way he he sang it, and yeah, uh, yeah that's you know at the end of the song, it just revs right up and just kind of melts your face. It's such an anthemic rager. Yeah, that's again my. It was the same drawback I had on what song was that? Uh, oh, Sunset on Thirty Second Street from Changes of Sound is that? It does get a little too repetitive. I feel like they do that from time to time though. Where like they they bring the end of the song around. I'm like, ah, I feel like you could have ended it, you know, thirty seconds earlier or something yeah. like that. Instead of me going like, oh, we're we're still singing this again. And an- another kind of tie to. Uh, sunset on 32nd street with this song is that they sing about police brutality again although there's there's kind of a change i think from what they're singing here to sort of where we are now because the line says another heartbeat lost another police murder buried in the public eyes on the back page like while it's no longer on the back page like those are making you know like headline news now but um and police brutality has been very much on the front pages these days. I do like the message behind the song, you know, kind of if one person is held down and changed, treated as less than humans, we all need to do something about it. Yep. You know, and it's and and like that like I think with the whole I pledge allegiance to the world line, obviously it's a take on I pledge allegiance to the flag, right. yada yada yada, right? And just saying like no Life isn't about, oh, our great and glorious country that we live in that's so much better than all these other countries. Life is about being humans and being humans together. And if a brother falls down, you help that brother back up sort of thing, yeah. right? Like just kind of like standing up for for everyone. And in that sense, with the repetition at the end of the song, while you know, kind of just like listening to it, as a song, sort of like in the background or whatever, it may get a little repetitive. I think if you're like, when you when you pay attention and, and, and listen to the messages of the song, there's a repetition for a reason. I think it's to really like drive that point home, um, which it does. A, I think it does a really good job of. So Yeah, well, especially uh, yeah. that end when it has that breakdown part where he's yelling that, like, I love that part of the album. Yeah. Kind of builds up and... Um, Kind of gets a little bit heavy, and I don't. Know, I, I just love that part. Yeah, it, it does get a bit repetitive, but I still really enjoy I, this song. Again, I think the repetition only kind of like plays a part if the song is just sort of playing, right? Like if right. you're listening to the record, yeah. And I don't know if this is a thing that you do, but if I'm listening to a record, obviously I'm listening to it differently than if I'm just like have it on while I'm. You know, earlier today I was listening to changes of sound while I was trying to figure out why my dishwasher wasn't draining. Right, so like. It's just kind of on them. But if you're sitting down and listening to a record, going through the lyrics or what have you, like really kind of, I guess, absorbing it, that repetition, I think, plays a different role in my yeah, mind. Yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah. So let's move on to uh, the last song we're going to talk about, which would be Modern Life. <laughs> Modern Life. 
way, do you not have notes on this? Oh, I do. <laughs> um, well, so this is, I, I only had a couple notes on it. It seems to be a song about all the things in this world that distract us from what's going on. But I still like TV. <laughs> was my takeaway for that. I still like watching TV. Um, again, as is the case, this is something I think uh, Strike Anywhere really does well. It's the breakdowns. Uh, I really enjoy the breakdown on this song. And I just think, you know, like when it's a hardcore punk band versus, say, like more of a straight up hardcore band. If that makes sense, like, cause like, it's funny cause I've been diving so much into more like hardcore punk bands. And I'm like, well, how do we draw the line between differentiating, say like, um, you know, like a, uh, a, a hate breed or, um, more, more recently, like a knocked loose sort of thing like, yeah. versus like, cause that doesn't sound the same as like this. Right. Right. Uh, and, and so the breakdowns, they all, they all still have breakdowns. I just feel like. I feel like Strike Anywhere, like if I compare them to, say, like an H2O, for instance, right? Like I feel like they probably have maybe more in common with an H2O than obvious. Like Knocked Loose is so far, I think, on one side. But I, I feel like Strike Anywhere has more in common with an H2O than, say, like a Hate Breed or something like that. Yeah. Um, Strike Anywhere finds this interesting middle ground, I think, with their breakdowns. Their breakdowns, I think, still come off heavy. Whereas like an H two O breakdown feels more like a half like a halftime like bounce along sort of thing, yeah, right? That's like, fair. like basically the structure that Newfound Glory writes all of their choruses on is like an H two O breakdown, right? <laughs> right? Like um, we're just like I mean you can hardcore dance to it obviously, but like it just feels more like a pogo type feel. Whereas like Strike Anywhere, I feel like they get they're not as heavy as you know those more like beat down bands or whatever. But they, I, I just feel like they have a bit more of a heavy tendency to their breakdowns, um, which is kind of a nice fit and a, a bit of a nice change. And maybe that's what separates them. I've compared them a fair bit this episode to Rise Against. And maybe that's what separates them from Rise Against, because I don't really recall Rise Against having much in the way of breakdowns. They might like, right. have like halftime verses, or, or sorry, halftime bridges, but like nothing that constitutes really a breakdown for me like consistently anyways but yeah so there, it's got that going on but what are your thoughts on modern life yeah one of the things i love about strike anywhere is when they match kind of intense lyrics with melody and uh, i think yeah. they do that really well in this song uh, you know it's just really cool to have this really melodic part um, but with this really kind of in your face call to action lyrics, and uh, yeah, I just that really stood out on this song to me. It's an intense song, but again, it has that melody. It mixes it really well. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's interesting because, like, kind of wrapping up these two these two records, I'm looking at my notes that I wrote here for when we were originally going to record this episode, and I think they kind of changed a little bit. I'll, re I'll read you the notes that I've, I have written here that was kind of to conclude these two records. It says, I can see why people love this band, but it lacks something overall for me. Every song feels very similar to the last. They go fast, they get angry, they break down, they go fast again. Obviously, this isn't a Strike Anywhere problem on their own, but it does get a little tiring. And then the, my next note was, in the end, I prefer Exit English as it seems to have a little more melody and variation, although not a ton. Um, I feel like maybe... Maybe that's changed a little bit. I think I might actually prefer, at this point anyway, changes a sound oh, wow. uh, bet between the two records. Um, and maybe again, like I think the overall my overall takeaway from these two records is that I can see why people love this band, but 
some of it feels like, you know, maybe it's a, you kind of had to be there, like discovering them as you were discovering these other bands at the same time, which is often the case with a lot of music that falls under, yeah. you know, whether it's punk rock or hardcore or whatever, right? Like it's, there's a lot of you, you sort of had to be there and, and gather that energy, but, or spend more time with it. And so I think that's what it really boils down to for me is like, I think I need to spend more time with some of these, with these two records specifically, because, you know, I complain about some of the things like, oh, the repetition gets to be a little much, but I feel like it's a case of sitting down and really appreciating that they're not being repetitious because they want to drive that chorus home. You know, like thinking back to this, is the second time it's come up this episode, but like your interview with Steve Kravak, he talked about, you know, like with Rancid specifically, why they became such a big band is because Tim Armstrong would just like hit you with that chorus over their head over and over again so that it's stuck in your head type yeah. thing, right? And I don't think that's the case here at all. I don't think they're trying to be repetitious so that it gets stuck in your head. I mean, maybe that's a byproduct that you can't argue with, but I think they're being repetitious because they have a message and they're like, we want you to get this message. And so on first kind of or second or third listens, whatever, sitting down with these records as kind of like a time has passed on and be sort of like an outsider in the sense that, you know, I'm not a, a, a huge fan of this band. Like I'm not, I, that comes off sounding like, Oh, these guys are very mediocre. That's not what I'm saying at all. Um, but you know, like I didn't grow up on this band or what have you. And so I'm kind of like having to dive into it 20 years almost down the road and go, okay, where do I sit? I'm not the same person, obviously, that I was when I was falling in love with those early Rise Against records, for instance, right? So yeah. I'm like to like bring myself back to that is is a little more difficult, I think. But at the same point, I, I can see these records over time like growing and sticking with me. And it actually makes me want to go back and revisit uh, their record, their EP that they released this year, knowing that we've got our you know, our lists coming up at the end of the year. I'm like, will will that EP make a list? Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, well, and they have uh, at least one. Well, there's Dead FM. They might even have another full length in there as well. So there's definitely some other material to check out. And, yeah, I, I definitely feel like in you saying that, like grateful that, you know, Jess found this band, you know, back then and shared it with me because it definitely did stand out, you know, in 2001, um, I would have been a lot more influenced, you know, by the kind of Christian punk side of things. And so with a yeah. band like Strike Anywhere, you know, they definitely had a different message and something that, you know, I wasn't as, you know, attuned to and, you know, wouldn't have known a whole lot about those kind of, you know, political things growing up in a small yeah. town. And and so I think that's why it just kind of stood out, you know, musically, but also lyrically. Even if I didn't necessarily connect with it super personally lyrically or really dive into it, I knew there was something different there. And I think that just kind of intrigued me enough to just to know what this band w was different and special in its own way. Yeah. Yeah. No, 100%. And, they, and to kind of like follow up what you said there, they so they had Dead FM, which came out in 2006, and then Iron Front in 2009. Oh, yeah, that's right. And then finally, uh, Nightmares of the West, which came out uh, earlier this year, um, which that's the one I was referring to saying, oh, I, I got to go back and listen to that because we are going to do a top five albums but i think we're also going to do somewhere in there and eps mentioned too so i'm like oh i gotta go because there's there's a ton of pretty decent eps yeah. that came out this year so but yeah in the end like i said i think what i'm taking away from this is uh it's a band that i i want to spend more time with um not a band that i'm coming out of going i don't i don't get it or i do get it 
but it doesn't do anything for me. It's a band that I go, yeah, okay, I can see why people fell in love. I need to spend more time, you know, kind of listening to this band. So we'll see where that goes. It's it's now, you know, kind of in the library and something that I'll listen to. So yeah. Um, so that's exciting. That's awesome. I love when stuff like that happens. Yeah, so and I think anyway. a part of that is the live thing too, which I mean, I don't think they're playing any more shows anymore. Um, yeah. But yeah, I from what I heard, they were an awesome live band. And uh, so I think that would definitely play into, you know, especially if you had seen them, you know, when these albums came out or when they were touring full time. I think that yeah. w- could have kind of helped play a part. And so, that. so Thomas was actually on the Washed Up Emo podcast, uh, which is where how <laughs> these posters came from or whatever. Um, but he was talking about they, they spoke briefly about the new record. They, it was a really good interview and it turned into mostly Thomas talking about you know, kind of growing up in the scene that he grew up in. Um, and you know, like the whole DIY putting shows on, like for a while he put shows on in a barn, which I think is pretty fantastic. I want to put shows on in a barn, but anyway, he was talking about, you know, cause this new record, I think when the interview happened, it had just come out or it was coming out or whatever. But yeah, he was like, Oh, it's going to be so cathartic when we finally get to play in front of people, these songs or whatever. Yeah. So, you know, who okay. knows, yeah, who we'll knows when that happens. Yeah, who knows? Right now, it's you know you could play them on live streams, <laughs> which is I guess fine, but not quite as cathartic. Not quite, because <laughs> yeah, you don't have that. You don't have that give and take with the crowd. I love live streams. I've you know so, there have been some really good ones that have sounded great and have had. It's funny because so I watched the MXPX one obviously, which I know you did as well, and then the Wonder Years one I watched, and I saw parts of the Newfound Glory one, and I was like, man, the Newfound Glory live stream really didn't sound good mm. <laughs> like compared to you know like some of these other ones where i'm like oh like mxpx sounded great and uh the wonder you sounded fantastic anyway kind of going off a little bit we're going to wrap this up so go follow us on our social media at growing punk pod instagram and twitter you'll find our personal social medias link there as well uh and head to our website growingpunkpod.com We've got reviews. We've got different lists that are going on there. You also find the episodes uh, up there as well, and you'll find a link to our merch store. You can grab yourself some T-shirts. Which I actually just checked the other day. I'm like, oh, there's people actually ordering T-shirts, so that's pretty cool. So if awesome. you ordered a T-shirt, yeah, Thank and you're you. hearing this, share it with us at Growing Punk Pod on one of our on one of our social medias, so we can uh, give you a shout out. And um, yeah, and wherever you're listening to this. Whether it's on YouTube, make sure you like it and subscribe, all that kind of stuff. Or if it's on your favorite podcast app, because you can be found, we can you can we can be found anywhere. Uh, make sure you uh, subscribe, you rate, your review, tell all your friends, that kind of stuff, because uh, we want to help the show grow. So with that, that'll do it. See ya. Did you have an awesome time? Did you drink awesome shooters and listen to awesome music and then just sit around and soak up each other's awesomeness?